Yo, welcome to Conscious Hypocrite. I'm Carly. I'm Will. Uh, today's episode, we talked about... Sports things? Yeah, Serena Williams, uh, the Raptors, the Warriors. Um, I watched this pretty cool movie that... Yes. Oh, man. Um, called Always Be My Maybe. It's Ali Wong's new movie out on Netflix. We talk about that in the end of the episode. Check it out. Check it out. Um, also, for our Conscious Hypocrite segment... We talked about interracial relationships. Yeah. And can Will be pro-black while still being with somebody who is not black? Oh. Mm. Yep. So let's get going. Okay, so I have some notes from last week's episode. One was we briefly mentioned XXX Tentacion. We did? In last week's episode. Because we were talking about rappers who... Um, are are harmful to women oh. in real life, basically. And remember I was talking about how those middle school girls were wearing XXTentacion hoodies and stuff all yeah, over school. Yeah. Anyways, so I just wanted to make sure that I had some... RP, RP. <laughs> I guess. Uh, that I had some information to actually back up what I was saying about him. So uh, I found on this website from USA Today, it was him... There was a video that came out, this is before he died, where he actually did confess to uh, beating up his girlfriend. And this is a, a direct quote from the video. It says, I put my source of happiness in another person, which was a mistake initially, right? But she fell through on every occasion until now, until I started fucking her up, bruh. Um, he Damn. goes on to say, I started fucking her up because she made one mistake. And from there, the whole cycle went down. Now she's scared. That girl is scared for her life, which I understand. So that's a quote from him in this video where he is uh, essentially... Had to give her some act right? <laughs> see, and that's, and that, see, that's part of the problem. Which uh, you, I, know you're making, I know that's a joke, but that's, joke. Part, of the, that's part of the problem. Joke. So, uh, and then there is another... This, this other thing that I saw wasn't necessarily confirmed, but it was the same girlfriend saying that he had her choose between like a, some kind of hot poker and some other kind of cooking utensil and was like, which one do you want me to like stick up you basically? Whoa. And then he was like, he was putting it kind of on her face and then she passed out before and he he didn't do anything to her with those, but it was, (laughs) she explained this, this thing happening, but that was neither confirmed or denied. But I mean, I believe women, I'm, I'm going to believe women. So if she says that that's what happened, then I believe her. You can't believe everybody though. Well, I'm just saying at this point, we're not going to know the answer. Right. Correct. So, so I just wanted to mention that because some of that was some actual quotes from XXX. And I know in the last episode, we were kind of like, I kind of was just vaguely was talking about him. But at the same time, um, I also need to tell myself to stop listening to Kodak Black because Kodak Kodak Black is another rapper who... Kodak. Has actually been known to do some horrible stuff to women, and mm. and I need to put my my money where my mouth is and no not more tunnel vision. Not listen to Kodak Black. I think I need to mm. cut it off. Okay, another thing that I just wanted to just mention real quick off the bat is, I know we didn't the what we talked about last week was kind of just scratching the surface of feminism and misogyny in rap. Like we didn't even touch on the word bitch, which I think could be a whole another episode as far as the baggage behind that word. And, um, so I just wanted to just say that I am aware that that word has a lot of different, 
Um, it's just is uh, is a problematic word, <laughs> I've seen some, especially in rap music. I've seen some women use that word. Well, no, usually. women do, and that's the thing is is much Amongst like themselves, much like the N word, even though it's not the same thing, but just kind of similar. That's a whole nother that our I I, 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 I I just wanted to say that I am aware that that <laughs> word causes some problems in hip hop, and although we didn't talk about it last week, maybe eventually we'll we'll talk about it in another episode. And uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was in the last episode when I was listening back to it and you were like uh you said how would you how would you feel if your daughter was listening to music in the back seat and was singing you know these songs about bus open whatever whatever and I thought it was interesting that you said daughter correct and not son because I almost feel like it would be worse for a boy to be, I would have more of a problem with a boy saying that than a girl saying that. Mm. That's my thought, and I mm. wanted to know what you thought about that. Because if I, if there's a girl who's like, "Yeah, break it down, drop it low, blah blah blah," if I hear that's different, we can have a conversation about that. But a hearing like a, a young boy saying that seems different to me. Uh-huh. And I thought that was interesting that you automatically went to girl well, instead I, of because I have a son and I don't. Let my son, like, listen to music like that. Well, and he doesn't do that anyways. So, I mean, this one song, I mean, it was some song about YG and Blue... Blue Face. Blue Face or something. And and him and and his friend... Is this a Tatiana song or a different song? Yeah, that's the song. And they were, like, doing a little dance. But they didn't know what it meant, though. They didn't know what it... And I had to break it down to him. I was like... That shit is whack, kind of. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying it's interesting that you automatically kind of put it on well, the girl rather the than a boy. Is, the thing is, it's degrading. A, the, the, the music is degrading a woman, okay? Right. So I went to the woman, the girl, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. because she's saying stuff that is not empowering um, sub- subliminally, I guess. Yeah, like, I guess through music, and it's like um, I don't know if that could play a trick or like uh, on development on how she looks at herself. Yeah, when she gets older, um, or just how she looks at women in power. I think I think it's different if it's a girl rapping another girl who's also rapping like if a girl was rapping what megan the stallion was saying megan the stallion like we said was kind of um she was feeling empowered by what she was saying or like cardi b or whatever even if the songs might not be appropriate it's different if she's hearing a a, a woman say it than her rapping a male who's degrading women or a, a new young boy rapping a male who's degrading women because it's coming at from a woman's well, coming from a woman's perspective, perspective is different than coming yeah, from a male's I, perspective. I, I, I could hear, I hear and it's easier to explain to a well, may, maybe not, but I think it would be easier to explain to a, a girl. Kind of, I mean, at a certain point, you have to have this conversation with your daughter it's just ab- real. about it's how coming. life is, and yeah, and kind real. of talk to them like we were saying in the last episode, the levels of misogyny and some of the stuff, and why certain things aren't okay. Um, that's why I think it would be it would be. More, That's a great point. More of an issue, I would have more of an issue with a, a little boy kind of going along with this, with this, what this male rapper is saying, than with, well, a, with I, my daughter. Yeah. Well, that's why it. I just try to shut it down altogether. 
And in the beginning, they don't really know, you know, some of these, the slang and some of this stuff, it's like, they might not have any idea what exactly they're saying. I mean, like, I remember they're, (laughs) ah, skeet, skeet, you know, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, I knew what it was, and I was like, this is not cool. I mean... Once I learned what it was, it was it was funny to me. But it's like there. But I, the point was that I didn't know in the beginning, and so other other kids might not have known or parent, you know. And yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah, well, that's where the lines get blurred, and some kid knows what it means, and they dance into it, and they think, oh, it's 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 okay for me to take advantage, and I'm gonna go just pull her pants down and you know because she just dancing with me right now to this music she know what these lyrics are about like that's some that's some people's mentality sometimes like where stuff get the lines can get blurred and lost so i guess the underlying point is that uh you should be having because the whole thing is even if she's dancing to it the thought shouldn't be to start taking advantage of them that shouldn't be the thought even even if the girl knows what's going on or even if both parties know what things mean and it's they know it's uh dirty or whatever the whole point is that that you should be teaching children on both sides that they should not be acting in a way that is um non degrading and degrading or non-consensual yeah i don't know respecting the boundaries right and that's it's tough i mean this is all yeah, I, I think my my parents kind of had conversations like this with me, but not really. I think that this is something kind of new. I mean, at least for me, it was like instead of it, instead of more nuanced conversations, it was kind of like just don't mess around. <laughs> just don't. Yeah. It's kind of like just like don't mess around. Don't put yourself in those situations Correct. rather than like. But I mean, my parents also didn't grow up around, you know, my, they were much older. So it was a little bit different as to what they were exposed to as far as how popular culture is today. Correct. So my mother was more had a conservative approach. Like I remember uh, she didn't let my sister wear certain clothing. Right, right, right. You know, just because it looked hoochie or whatever. The right. I mean, that's again was. putting putting the, the responsibility on the woman on the girl, putting the responsibility on the girl to not be a certain way because men can't control themselves. Yeah, they can't which control is, them. Yeah. Which is, the responsibility should be on both parties. Correct. Um, yeah. I remember this girl at this old school that I, this old high school I worked at, she was wearing this this big hoodie and it was super hot. It was, it was like a, you know, 85, 90 degree day or whatever. And I asked her why she was wearing this hoodie. She unzips it and she's got this like tank top on. It covered her stomach, but it was just a tank top. I mean, it was a hot day. It was, it was okay for, for, I thought it was okay for the dress code, but maybe it wasn't. But she said, uh, my shoulders were distracting the boys. She said, my shoulders were distracting the boys. So I had to go put a hoodie on. Your shoulders were distracting the boys. <laughs> so, so in like a 90 degree heat, they had to give her this hoodie to wear because her shoulders were distracting hey, the boys. I feel you. I feel you. My, you get, sho- you my, get to- my shoulders distract the girls. Oh know. God. Okay. All right. Just so those were, those were our notes uh-uh. from the last episode. <laughs> Hopefully they sounded relatively coherent. As I was listening back, I was just thinking of all these different things I just wanted to add. So maybe some of these might be some other episodes in the future. But for now, that's just all I wanted to say. And next up, we'll go into our Conscious Hypocrite segment. Yep. Now for our Conscious Hypocrite segment, I want to talk about something that might make me a Conscious Hypocrite. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I'm in a 
what would you call interracial it? relationship yeah that that is what i'm involved with and you think that might hinder you from or people look at you sideways um because you claim to be pro-black but are not with a black person well i don't i don't claim to be pro-black what do you mean well yeah i i i, I <laughs> of course i mean I, yeah that's yeah the whole i'm not thing. all out Mm, I don't know. You're pretty loud and proud about pro-black stuff, I think. Okay. Yeah, you definitely right. are. Okay, yeah. So, in that, you know... Uh, the question is, can you be pro-black while still being... While not in a, a relationship with a black person? And just as a little, little backstory, I mean... I can pretty much assume at this point that if you're listening to this, you know me and Will. But... <laughs> Let's say, hypothetically, you know, you're somebody who doesn't know anything about me, or maybe even Will. Um, My uh, mom is Mexican with a a family history of Chinese as well as, like, Native Indigenous people. So that's my mom's side. My dad's just a regular white guy from the South. Um, But they both grew up in Southern California in, in similar sort of poor areas but um but yeah so my i mean i identify as mixed ethnically but more so i identify as chicana which if you don't know what chicana means or chicano means it it essentially means mexican-american usually refers to somebody who is uh you know not first generation from mexico so mexican-american and I was mostly raised by my my grandmother on my mom's side, my maternal grandmother. So I always felt very uh, heavily connected to Mexican culture, whereas my dad tried to separate me from his family as much as possible. So although I look white and I am half white and I can pass for white in a lot of different scenarios, I can also, people think I'm Middle Eastern sometimes, people think I can, I'm different things. So I can, I have the privilege of, kind of passing for different ethnicities in different places. Um, but I identify most with uh, Chicana and Mexican culture because that's how I, I was raised by my grandmother. And my, you know, that side of the family is the culture that I'm connected to the most from. That you identify with. Right. You know? So that's backstory on me. And then, Will, your parents. Yeah, my backstory on me, you know, um, classic... Uh, African-American, you'll say. Right. Uh, yep. Um, black parents and black parents, black parents and black, black, uh, black parents and black grandparents for yeah, pretty, pretty far back. You know, I'm getting to know more history on my father's side. I recently got a family tree and that's pretty cool of some names that stem back further than. I can go back from this guy named Jack Seals. But anyway. Um, we also did Will's uh, 23andMe. Yeah. And his percentage of African descent was really high. Apparently higher than it was for a lot of African-American people. It was like. 84%. It was less 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 mixed up with different stuff than other African-American yeah, people. So or black people whatever you want to say learning more about that you know my mom did hers and she's got some east african 
uh, that's kind of cool. That's way more interesting to me. Finding out more of that type of stuff because just getting this label of just black. But anyway, uh, not to get off topic or subject, um, but it's all relative. Yeah, so can you call yourself pro-black and still not be with a black person? I believe so. Me being a black man in the society, yes. Um, You know, I'm with who I'm with because I love the person who I'm with. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I was... Seeking just out. seeking, yeah, just seeking out this person. Like, oh, this is what I want. Um, no, it didn't happen like that. It kind of happened organically, um, and that's the way it is. And and that's but and then, I mean, but, I guess sort of on the flip side. But it's like with my parents, I always saw them wanting to be with people different than their family, and I always thought that I had a very diverse group of friends growing up. So I was always looking for something that was different than me to begin with. So I've dated people of all types of different races and ethnicities. Same with Will. It was more about the person than I wasn't like seeking out, oh, I want to date a black guy or oh, I want to date. And because there are people like that and probably maybe we'll get into that. But it's like I wasn't looking for that. And if anything, uh, if anything, to be honest, I was I was. uh looking for more something I was looking for different for different you know I mean I'm already different because I'm because I'm mixed to begin with but I I don't know if I would want to be with any with somebody who was had a similar background as me you know but again my background is not a typical background so it's hard to find someone who's similar I did date a guy who was half white and half Mexican but that didn't end up well but that was Neither here nor there. Yeah, I'm not trying to force it. Uh, some, some, I feel like sometimes in some cultures, it's more forced because the parents are saying, right, you, better like not, you better not bring nothing else in this house but that. So it's kind of like a pressure and, you know, you, you're, that's what you're seeking for. Well, I think even in cultures outside of the United States... Like in in Asia and certain cult certain cultures, it's like most definitely way more assumed that you should be dating somebody that's your same race, most definitely ethnicity, religion, or whatever. And in America, there's probably especially in California. Well, maybe not especially in California, but 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 in Calif in this part of California, there's more more openness about mixing and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean. And it, it's cool that uh, my partner understands the grind, or the, not the grind, but you know, just the history of what black people have been through in this society in America. And some people don't get that. And that's the thing is, I've always been interested in ethnic studies, in black history in all types of that uh i've been really interested in that and i think it's very important for everybody who lives in the united states or just to be aware of it even though lots of people are willfully ignorant um but i think especially if you're with somebody who is black if you are going to have black children in the future if you have friends and family who are black it's extremely extremely important that you understand um even though you can never feel the way that they feel it's really important that you understand 
certain aspects of the culture and how that impacts their daily life. And that's the thing. I, a lot of times, this also connects to being a conscious hypocrite, will see couples in interracial relationships, specifically black men with white women. That's the most specific, what I mean when I, uh, specific, that specific combination. Mm -hmm. And I will give them a side eye. Like it will weird, it kind of, because... In my head, See, my I, I think of the stereotype of, oh, that maybe this white girl is just fetishizing them or vice versa. Or maybe they, they're not really about what this is about. And that's what I automatically go to without even knowing the person. And that's because I've known white women who it was all just like, oh, I like a bucket list thing. Like, oh, I got to, you know, I'm looking for a black boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. Or I want to be with a black guy or whatever, whatever. And on the flip side, we know black men who feel that way about white women yeah. but it's a little bit different i think i think it's it's if you're in an interracial relationship it's the job of the of the white person to educate themselves i think if you care about your partner you want them to be educated so you may help them along but you it really is the job of whoever the non-black person is to make the effort to understand as much as they can about the culture and the levels of oppression. I think that that should be completely on the the non-black partner. And so I'm not sure when I see interracial couples, I'm not sure what the level, what the level is of the work that they're doing. And that's part of the reason why I side eye because I don't know what's going on. And if I don't know these people, these are those people I see in a crowd at the movie theater. I'm never going to see them again. So I'll just give them a side eye and keep walking. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) cold as ice, but you know what? That's what I experienced though. Those side eyes. Right. And so maybe that's something I need to work on. You get what I'm saying? Right. So I, I'm i very these hyper. People don't, because these people don't know me and they're seeing me and you. Yeah, I'm hyper vigilant. So I watch, I'm like a people watcher. So I watch people's uh, body language or just how they look and interact with us together and how people treat me when I'm alone and I'm not with with Carly, it's interesting, um, and people might treat her different, and she doesn't even realize it. Yeah, a lot of the time, I'm not. I don't realize. Um, only if the people are really blatant uh, with the, what how they're looking, like for like for instance, in where we live right now, there's not a t- there's not a lot of black people. Uh, so when when Will talks about people looking at us, I don't really notice it. Maybe because they're being more covert about it, but like when we were in Oakland at that one place, it was a little more obvious because the people, some of the Oakland, some of the people in, yeah. in 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 more predominantly black spaces, like super where it was like there it was mostly black people in the air in the areas. Um, I was noticing it. And that's also because they weren't hiding it; they just, weren't trying to hide it as much as people that rude. were around. Just rude, though. You don't even know me. You just rude. You're you're ju- you're judging somebody for who they're with, and that's that's just that's foul. But the thing about it is, a lot of the time there is that baggage that comes along with it. Like there's a history to everything about you know. Correct. If you want to get really deep and uh, if you really want to get deep into history, you know, there's a since slavery, mm-hmm. there's been you know, trying to destroy black families and trying to pit black oh, men against shit. black women. Really? Yeah. Man, I was just fucking... No, yeah. <laughs> you can't see Will's face, Will's sarcastic face that he's making. But, like, 
it's deep and just destroying the black family has been part of an oppression system since since segregation since jim crow and all that stuff right so Um, same with mass incarceration i mean all that stuff has been just trying to destroy that dynamic so it makes sense when you know about that and maybe you've had some bad experiences in your life and then you see this man with this la-di-da la white girl who 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 to you to you doesn't seem like they know you know shit from a shingle that would make you upset also i moved away from home so i don't even think that played a part in it because i dated different types of girls growing up so i don't know this just happened how it happened um so i don't think that played a part me moving away from home um well i think it did in the sense that um where we live now there are less black people in general yeah so, so pr- that so that pretty played, much all that of, played a part right so um that yeah. played a part in it yes. yeah so I mean, we do have a lot of friends who are in interracial relationships uh, up here, but it's like we have all the black friends that we have up here are all with people of different races. Like there's maybe like one couple that we just hung out with (laughs) that lives in the Bay Area that was just here. That's a black couple that we're friends with. Oh, yeah. Um, And maybe one more if I have to really think, but most of them are in... And some of them, it's the the woman is black, and some of them, it's the man is black. It's mixed, but but rarely do we have friends where it's like both of them are both black. black up here in SoCal. It's different, but in this part of California that we're in, it's a little bit rarer. Yeah. Um. So that's part of it too, I think. But uh, but to your point about people treating you differently, do you have any more like examples of that? It's very subtle, you know. I don't. Uh, it's not blatant anymore, but it's more obvious when I go to like different places, different places outside of this bubble. Right. Like when I go to like a Frisco or Oakland. Yeah. Or even L.A. But even sometimes in L.A. It's it depends where you go. Where it's you go. okay, but yeah. It's so strange, like. Uh, because of all those stere- all those stereotypes, like oh you're a sellout, oh you you know mm-hmm. you don't like black women, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that all comes and that, from 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 dudes who do feel that way, and, that, and, and that's not the case. And the thing about those dudes is those dudes are the ones who are the most vocal, like saying some wild shit on the internet, you know. That's not the case. Uh, who was it? Like it was like I feel like it was Trick Daddy. I think it was pretty sure it was Trick Daddy who got in trouble. It's so random. Who got in trouble a couple years ago because he was talking about how, how you black women need to get it together because these exotical women whoop de whoop de whoop and these black oh, women yeah, got thick and it was and it was like what is going on? And then again, of course, all the internet comes for him. And then it's like, okay, so whose vagina did you come out of? Who are your sis? Like, but. Those are these men are so stupid. It's just the problem maybe is maybe speaking about those black women in the bubble that he's in. Well, that's in, what though. he said. And that's another, that's, that's what he another. said, but he doesn't understand that as somebody that's got his level of fame, how harmful that it, how harmful those yeah. statements are. Facts. When you could just be minding your own business and keeping those problematic thoughts in your head. But going back to your point, um, I had an interesting interaction with this teacher that I work with, where I was leaving to go. 
and he kind of pulled me aside and started talking to me about random stuff. Um, and yeah, it was cool because, you know, I'm new to the school that I'm at. So it was cool. You know, it's cool getting to know these teachers or whatever. And he starts talking to me and suddenly the conversation goes to like how much he loves black people. And this was a, a white guy, but he did say he had a bunch of other stuff mixed with him, but he was, you know, fair skinned or whatever. Okay. But he basically just was talking about all these, you know, how he loved the brothers. He kept saying brothers. And then uh, about how, isn't it horrible how these the, these cases come up where the 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 white girl is with the black guy and then someone says that, that he raped her and then he gets in trouble even though they were in a really, he just went on this huge tangent or whatever. And I was like, why is this guy talking to me about this? Like, this is so weird. Um, and then I thought back and I was like, oh, my profile picture for the school, like my, my email, everything that's linked with everything is a picture of me and Will. And so I was like, is he just trying to like get on my good side by being like, hey, I like black people things. (laughs) Like trying to relate to me. Or maybe that was me reading into it too much. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some people try to talk to me differently, like with a slang sometimes. Well, yeah, we and had a ca- we had a ca- like we had a cable guy come here just... that was just once he once yeah he was trying he was really trying to get cool quote cool guy points with Will by the way he was it's oh cool. yeah I mean it's cool man it's better than the opposite I yeah, guess yeah exactly and I can't can't hate on that I mean it's still yeah. othering you. It's Look, not just speaking to you like a person, but it's a nicer way of doing it's it. It's a nicer way of doing it. Um, I mean, we have these stereotypes of us. I mean, I might go off topic. I mean, let me... Can I tell my avocado story? Oh, I mean, I guess that's off topic. I mean, is it off topic? Let me I tell mean, my... I think it's can fine. I tell my off topic? Yeah, that's So fine. we have an avocado tree in our front yard, right? So I'll, I come home one day and I pull up and there's a white man in my in my driveway with his ba- with his wife and his baby, right? And I see him, and he's just up in my tree picking my avocados. I'm like, damn, what a world do I live? What, what a world do I live in? You know, like it's crazy. So I had to like, you know, think to myself like, I wonder how many black people this white man has interacted with. Do I hop out the car crazy and say, hey, and say, stop, hey, picking. stop picking my avocado? You know what I'm saying or do I just cool and you know, play, you know, play the cool guy? These are thoughts that have to go through my head. Right. Um, right. I'm thinking to myself, I can't just roll up in his yard and pick his f- lemons or oranges or avocados. And I found out later, actually, from a white woman, <laughs> that... Picking avocados are illegal if they're on your property. If they're on your property, well, it's probably all. It's probably all Look, fruit trees, but yeah. But anyway, so. And this isn't like an avocado tree that is like, just out in the area in fr- like it's like actually on our my front door. Right. Yeah. It's right there, but so, take a deep breath or whatever, um, and this after a day of work and doing whatever I had to do. Come, I, I, I get out of my car, I introduce myself, he introduces himself, he introduces his wife and his kids, he tells me, oh man, this is a nice avocado tree you got here. 
I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, he goes, you mind if I pick the avocados? I'm like, uh, you know, it's cool. Um, Talk about the utter gall. The utter, I, like, I said this, <laughs> it, it, white it, privilege. Of- I was like, it's cool. I was like, I didn't grow the avocado tree, so I guess go ahead. And that was you saying not what you really wanted to say. Yeah, that was I did. Trying to, I was being nice. I I saw he had a bag of avocados there, and like uh, I don't know if I caught him in the midst of stealing all the avocados, or he was just trying to be nice and uh, give all our neighbors avocados. But anyway, because that's what he did afterwards. That's yeah. the thing. Is like after Will had the interaction with him, he he picked them, but he left some of them for, for us. Yeah. Which maybe he did because he was thinking, oh, this person saw me do it. Maybe that was not the original plan. Right. That's what I'm thinking. I, I didn't want to flip out on dude because we live like in... Um, a cul-de-sac. A cul-de- no, well, roundabout. A roundabout. Cul-de-sac. Yeah, it's like a circle. One way, yeah. one way in, one way out. Um, and I know he does a circle around this this little this little block or whatever and i was like well if i flip out on him he's just gonna come back and just pick the damn tree any damn way when i'm not here because he know he knows my car is not here or whatever so i had to be uh diplomatic about the situation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but i was thinking about if that shit was flipped the cops possibly would have called been called on me because i was trespassing of course yeah of course but anyway but anyway but that's just speaking about how how we code switch and how we have different voices and different presences for different scenarios. Thank you for listening to my story, guys. <laughs> but um, but I I mean I guess that connects to just how people talk to you in different different scenarios. Yeah, I'm just more aware of. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, like pretty early in our relationship, when Will and I would be in, like, and I don't want those people around me any damn way. So let me know who you are. I appreciate you. Go ahead. Anyways, pretty early <laughs> on in our relationship, when Will and I would be like in a store together, he would say things like, "Hey, you know, the security guy's like watching me right now," or like such and such is like looking at us right now, and I would think in my head, like, "What are you talking about? Like you're tripping," but then it's kind of like so. Am I just going to just say that Will's crazy? Like, no. Like, this... Just because I'm not noticing it doesn't mean it's not happening. And you should be... if the, You should believe the black man who's like, this, per- this, this guy is eyeing me weird. You know? It's like, just because it's not something I notice doesn't mean it's something that's not happening. It's definitely happening. And that's... Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty... <laughs> I'm pretty loopy and in my own world, like, 90% of the time, so... Sorry, guys. I took the blue pill. Yeah. What yeah. is the other option? The red pill? Is yeah, that, did I, I take got, the red pill? I don't know. I I'm, think I took both. I'm in a cold one. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Did we come to... Uh, I mean, I guess... I guess the... Con- well, the conclusion... Maybe we're not quite at the conclusion yet, but I would say the conclusion we're moving to is that you can be pro-black and still have a non-black partner, but there are a lot of people... That say I'm not pro-black because I don't have a, a black partner. But there's also a lot of people who are not pro are like are, some people don't even care right some people don't even give a f- yeah right and a lot of people do fetishize blackness um yeah i've heard some i've heard some white girls say some things 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really gross. Um, and black women are fetishized, too, in different ways. Right. Um, like what we were talking about in the last episode with kind of like the female... Bo- like how it's okay for me to be like, I can like feminist... I can be a feminist and like hip-hop, but then it's like, it's not my body that's being fetishized in these music videos. It's black women. And there's a history to that, too. So... I guess it's case by case. I I, I need to learn to not side eye every couple. Yeah, please don't. I see that's you the people. Be- I, you the people I'm talking about. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> to be fair, I have some baggage. <laughs> I have some baggage specifically with with white women with blonde hair. I have some baggage with that. I do have a lot of friends who are white with blonde hair, but there's a lot of baggage from high school that I have that's connected to that. So that's my own thing that I'm I'm working on. I just, it doesn't mean I'm not going to give you a chance. It just means I need to just get to know you. And I'll Work give it you out, this, uh, Yeah, I need to. Yeah. Work it out. Yeah. Okay. You think that was a good? Um, yeah. I- so, yeah. I mean, it's case by case. Um, but you can be, you can be, you can't, I mean, I'm pro-black. That's why, you I pro-black? mean, my excuse for being, but I, I mean, I have a pro I have a black partner. But yes, I am. Of course I'm pro-black. What are you talking Shit. about? Okay, word. Yeah. But that's the thing is it's like, if you you're going to be a black person. You an ally? If, if you're. <laughs> If you're gonna be a if you're gonna be a black person that's with a non-black person, they need to be on the same level as you. That they can't be. Correct. They need to care about those things. Yeah, you shouldn't be explaining simple fundamentals. They should be learn. They should be doing. They should be doing the work. Yeah. They should be doing the work. You can help guide them and correct them when they've said something yes. wrong. Leave them. Leave them little breadcrumbs. Right, but they need to be. They need to be doing the work. I appreciate you, babe. Yeah, I appreciate you too. I don't want to be smooching on the mic. I don't want those sounds. Um, (laughs) um, So next up, we'll talk about a little bit of sports. So I had a prediction last week that the Warriors would win game one. And I was wrong. Um, The Raptors came out with great energy. Uh, Siakam was balling. Had about 30-something points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was doing his thing. Um, Mark Gasol played a huge game. Um, the Warriors didn't play that well as a team. I think they had some rust, and they were breaking off the rust. Uh, they had like a week of rest or something like that. I forget. But uh, Katie was still still out, yeah, Katie which, still, which you, we knew was going to happen. Yeah, Katie's still before out. Before it happened. Um, and they, they came out and the Warriors had like 20 something turnovers and, you know, Toronto took care of business and they won game one. I just, which was game, game one was in the first two games are in Toronto. Yes. And I just heard that this is the first time that the Raptors have ever been in the finals. 24 years. It's pretty crazy. One goal. Yeah. So we just finished watching game two. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't watch that much of the game, but I did see that it was mostly the Raptors leading for the first half. And then I looked up and sure enough, third quarter, what the Warriors usually end up doing is that when that's when they start to break away in the third quarter, especially if they're having a low game in the, in the first half. And so I looked up and all of a sudden the Warriors were up by 10 points and then it got, the gap kind of stayed between eight and 12 points would you say 
Yeah. Um, there were some fluctuations in the third quarter, but the Warriors, that's when the Warriors started to kind of keep that distance yes. from the Raptors. It was a, it was a good game. It was an ex- exciting game. Uh, the Warriors made some adjustments off of uh, game one. They, they played sharper. You could tell that they that there was some stuff. Well, I mean, this is a professional team. Of course, they're going to make tweaks. But it was obvious to you that they had tweaked some stuff. Yeah, Cousins, Cousins uh, started the game and was an integral part of their success tonight. Uh, I, I believe he had a double-double. He had like six assists. Um, Drake was chilling in the crowd. Uh, he couldn't get too animated. But the, I give the, the Raptors f- fans... They are. Uh, they were. They were. They were loud. You know. They were hype. Yeah. Um. But that second half, uh, the Warriors came out and it was like an eighteen zero run, and it was silent after that. And here's the thing: is it's like now we're going to Oracle. Now we're going to be in Warriors territory, and I really don't anticipate the Raptors winning these next these two games. You need more people. Um. Yeah, Drake had the Kevin shirt. He had a he had a hoodie on and on the back it had a picture of Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. It said, "Where's Kevin?" And he's as com- in as in where's Kevin Durant? And he's coming. Sorry to say, but that wasn't that creative. I mean, I mean, of all the things that Drake could have done, not that creative, not or that, that creative or that funny. But Obama was there also. Oh, shout out Obama! I didn't I didn't see. I just saw him walking in. I didn't actually see him in the crowd, but I wasn't really paying that much attention. To no, Michelle, game. y'all out there getting wild. Yay. Probably not though. Probably is that okay? So uh, I think I would like the Raptors to win one of these Oracle games, but I don't think it's gonna happen. You don't think it's gonna happen? I don't think so. Damn. What are your thoughts? I don't think it's gonna happen either. Uh, do, hold on. So we're leaving out the fact that Clay Thompson had a hamstring injury mm-hmm. in the third or fourth in the fourth quarter. I forget. And we don't know the status of that injury, so that could play a part in, you know, another man down. And then Kevin Durant comes back, and he's not in rhythm. So the Toronto could have an advantage there, but we will see. And by the next time that we record this, those next two Oracle uh, Bay Area games will have happened already. Because I think the next game is on Wednesday, and then game four is on Friday. I wonder if Drake is going to Oracle. Oh, definitely. I don't know why. You think I think he's going E-40 to all the games. E40 is going to be there, and I want to see. I want to see that same energy in the building. I think Drake's going to all these games. You I don't think know why. So? I don't know why he wouldn't. I don't think With so. all the stuff he's been, you think he's going to stay at Jurassic Park for one of them? <laughs> <laughs> see, I know all the lingo. I know all the special names now. <laughs> yeah, he probably going to stay in Jurassic Park. He'll he'll be safe there. He'll be safe there. <laughs> he'll be safe. Okay, so any other sports stuff besides basketball? Um, I probably should have go Dodgers. Should have researched this a little bit before I <laughs> uh, am saying it right now. But I did hear that the French Open is right now, and Serena Williams got got out pretty f- quickly. It's like one of the earliest that she's got out of the running for the French Open. I hope I'm I hope I'm saying the right thing. Yeah, shout out to Serena. But, you know, she's always going to be one of the top athletes yeah. of all time. So, you know, matter. everyone's got off, she'll off be, tournaments. She'll be back. She'll be back on top. Yeah, she's won trophies while pregnant, won trophies. You know, she's she's highly decorated. Okay, yes, yeah, Serena, William Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka 
uh, both got out in the third round, and they were uh, Serena was seated tenth, which I think is low for tennis. I would imagine. That's, that's pretty good, but but know, I don't know how many people right. So so the, and they got out uh, relatively early. Osaka, who's this Osaka girl? So, so Naomi Osaka is that that one young. The one who's mixed, she's half black, half like, half yeah. Asian, or half Haitian, half Japanese. I think okay. she's the one who, um, last year she won against Serena, right. but Serena got all this flack for yelling at the judge, and so it kind of tarnished the tarnished moment. Tarnished the moment for the girl. Yeah, yeah and they yeah, had a, yeah. and Serena and Naomi had kind of a moment together and all this that's, stuff. That's Naomi Naomi Osaka is really cool because she really represents both of her parents, and sometimes when the uh, certain news media is covering her, they'll just say Japanese player Naomi Osaka. They won't mention the fact that she's half black. And so she she tries to make sure that both parts of her are represented, which is cool. Um, But Sloan Stevens is another uh, awesome black tennis player. And I think she is moving on. I think she's doing well right now. Uh, I don't really, to be honest, I mostly just follow these people as people because I respect them, but I don't really know too much about, like, the rules of tennis or exactly how all these opens work. Um, But that is going on, and, you know, if there's anything else that I think of, you know, I could mention that next time. Uh, But but was there any other Warriors stuff that you wanted to add? And shout out to Draymond Green for just balling and... uh just staying composed mm-hmm. for the duration of the game. Um, he's a very intricate part of what they do when he pushes the ball. Um, he had a pretty solid game. Almost had another triple-double. Yeah. I mean, they're very tough to beat when they are on their A game. So uh, looks like they're on the way to another championship if they just keep this up. So we'll see what happens um, in the next few games, and then we'll have the next update. So Game of Thrones is over. Oh, Forever. It's over forever. Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. And uh, we want to get in the habit of reviewing or talking about other movies and shows that we watch. So the most recent thing that we saw, which is a movie I've been super excited about ever since I heard that it was coming out, is Ali Wong's new movie on Netflix called Always Be My Maybe. And this is a movie that she... Oh, well, first off, I guess, if you don't know who Ali Wong is... the same lady that did the, the, the stand-ups where she was pregnant? Yes, she did two stand-up specials where she was pregnant. She's, She's been... She's been doing stand-up comedy for a long time, but but she's just kind of been blowing up in the last few years. And uh, she wrote and produced this movie with Randall Park, and Randall Park is also wow. the co-star of the movie. And he is the dad on Fresh Off the Boat. He also plays Kim Jong-un in the interview. Um, yeah, so they're the main characters of the movie. Um, so we're going to recap a little bit of it, give our thoughts on it. Um, yeah, so the movie takes place in San Francisco. It right. opens up. What was the song that it opened up with? Do you remember? Oh, wow. Let's see if you remember. Oh, <laughs> why did you do that to me? <laughs> do you do- want me to tell you the, the the group or the name of the song? And then, because if I tell you one or the other, I think you'll be able to guess. You gotta give me a crumb. This is a drop. This is how we chill from 93 until... Okay, so Will doesn't know. So the 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 song that's running through the the whole movie 
is Hold uh, on, so is it, is it uh, I want to say Souls of Mischief. Yes, it's, it's Soul, Souls, Souls of Mischief, Mischief 93. I'm about to kill myself. 93 till infinity. Oh, okay. But I wasn't going to kill myself. But Souls of Mischief. Yes. There we go. And so the movie does have like a it's kind of like an ode to the Bay Area. It shows like a really hip hip hop car away. It shows it's like it shows San Francisco in a really authentic way, which I don't like. It starts back in the eighties. In the nineties. In nineties, yeah, they're like kids in the nineties, and that's why "Souls of Mischief" is a song that they they use a lot in the song because there's kind of like. the main characters when they're kids, it's like they they connect on hip hop and there's Randall Park is r- like in a band where he raps in the movie and stuff, which is pretty older. funny when he gets older. Yeah, so Souls of Mischief is in the movie. Um, I mean the in the in the soundtrack, and so is uh, Blow the Whistle by Two Shorts. There's lots of like Bay Area music through the ages in the movie, in the movie. which yeah. is cool. Um, but so. Yeah, it's a romantic comedy. Right. And it, it does a really good job of being both of those things, I think. Um, it starts off when they're kids and Ali Wong Ali Wong and Randall Park, their characters' names are uh Marcus is the name of Randall Park's character okay. and Ali Wong's character is named Sasha. Yep. And Sasha so they're kids and, Marcus, yeah. and uh Sasha's parents are never home. Right. Um, and so she hangs out with Marcus because his parents are home uh-huh. and they cook her awesome food and they just become uh, best friends. Yeah. And one thing that I thought was really cool about um, the portrayals of Asian American characters in this movie is Randall Park's parents don't have accents. No, they didn't. Which, you know, uh, I think is cool to represent because I haven't seen a lot of um Asian parents that are re- that are represented as usually it's like they're they're traditional and more authoritative, which is how Sasha's parents are in the movie. So yeah. Sasha's parents are like that, but Marcus's parents in the movie are not like that. Show they're a little bit sides. they're a little bit different. Yeah, so it showed kind of both sides, which was cool. Um, and it was very Bay Area. Like his his mom was an artist, mm-hmm. and his dad was like a construction. construction. He did like Air, AC Air, or something yeah, like Vince. that. He worked on Vince. Yeah. yeah, so that was really cool. Um, that I liked about the movie. And so the story basically talks about how these two are best friends. And then when they're teenagers, like before they go off to college, they end up hooking up. Yeah, they have a, they have, they lose their virginity in the backseat of uh, his car. Which was a very relatable scene to me. I I think that everyone can relate to that awkward, that kind of awkward sexual experience. And most people maybe can relate to it being in a car. I don't know if you would agree with that. I but mean, I, I thought it, it was. It pre- makes sense to turn your four wheels into a Momo as a kid. Your four wheels into a what? A Momo, like a ho- uh, a hotel. Oh, a motel. <laughs> Uh, Momo. Momo. What the? I've literally never heard Momo in my entire life. Um, Your four wheels into a Momo. Yeah. Dang, that's the name of the episode. Um, (laughs) Or maybe not. There you go. Yeah, turn your four wheels into a Momo because you're young and you don't have anywhere to go. But uh, anywhere to go, go. Yeah, with the Momo. Uh. Um. So, but it it turns out it gets really awkward after they have sex, and then. Um, they kind of like get into this argument and they lose touch with each other. Yeah, and so years and, pass. And then Marcus's mom. Oh yeah, she dies. She dies. It's like a tragedy. So that family dynamic kind of breaks up. And, right, and, and that leads to Marcus. 
staying staying home. with his dad in San Francisco mm-hmm. when they get older, and then uh, Sasha Sasha goes on and moves on, and she's like a. Uh, uh, this big top-notch chef celebrity chef yeah and she opened up different spots in like new york and then she was opening up the spot back in her hometown yeah and then she was with this guy daniel uh, D- daniel day kim who just as a little aside ali wong said that part of the casting she did for this movie was she wanted an excuse to kiss daniel day kim and keanu reeves <laughs> and daniel day kim is fine i mean i think randall park is very attractive too but daniel day kim is fine so she ends up kissing all of these very attractive men in this movie but yeah so she's with daniel day kim oh, wow. i don't remember his character's name something Choi. yeah uh benjamin Choi or brian Ch- something like that so this so this guy uh they're they're like talking he's kind of like the rich asshole kind of yeah. character and he was like, you know, uh, I want to go off to Thailand. We should take a break. And you're about to go off to Frisco. And this would be the perfect time. For us to take a break. For us to take a break. <laughs> da, 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 da. And like her friend, there's like... Uh, Michelle Buteau plays her friend. You know all these names. Yes, I do. Um, so Michelle Buteau, um, another comedian, she plays... She did um, a good job too. She plays their their friend uh, from high school who also goes with Sasha... Um, and works with her professionally. Correct. And the interesting thing also about Michelle Buteau in this movie is she's pregnant in this movie. And I know that, see, I know too much about everybody's business. Michelle Buteau, <laughs> I think she had twins. Did she have twins? I don't know. But she was pregnant in this movie. So I thought it was cool that Ali Wong, who was famous for shooting her stand-up special pregnant, hired somebody who was pregnant to be an actor in the movie. So I thought that was cool. Because she level. has a whole stand-up bit where she talks about how um, the inequality in in uh, issues with people who are having kids and work and stuff like that. So it's cool that Michelle Buteau was working in this movie while she was pregnant. That's cool. Man. Um, That's dope. So why? Yeah. So, so yeah. So the friend was like, you know, um, trying to get her back in touch with her old with friend Marcus, with yeah. Marcus and all that because she knew he was like a better guy and all that. So that's how he kind of came back in the picture quick because they were getting her her house renovated or something in Frisco. She's getting it all worked on and she picked um the dad's a uh, company to Marcus come, and his dad's company. Yeah, to, to fix the vents. So then that's how Marcus came back into the picture super quick and then So basically it kind of there's like a whole won't, we won't give away the whole movie, but there's like a whole back and forth of kind of are they going to hook up? What's going on? These different things happen. Um, Keanu Reeves make a, makes a really hilarious cameo in the I enjoy, movie. I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, I like seeing Asian actors on camera. Um, Just being regular. I mean, re- you know, it not, wasn't not the stereotype. They're Asian. They're they a- had their culture in the movie, but it wasn't the stereotypes that right. we see like like a yellow face. It wasn't anything like that. Well, yellow face, there would have to be white actors I get, playing. I get, but you know. You, but it wasn't like a stereotype. There like weren't a, in stereotypical. Like making, making fun of them, you know. Or it wasn't like, I mean, it was just, re- I mean, it was just having them be you know, we I I I could relate to these characters, but I also know people who are like these characters. You know, yeah. um, yeah. I think Ali Wong did a really good job of the casting, the directing, the music that was used was really awesome. It it felt very authentic Bay Area. Yeah. Um, and it was just a really cute romantic comedy that Will enjoyed, and him and I kind of have different opinions on movies sometimes. So you guys should go check it out. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. It's on Netflix, so. 
you, yeah, you should totally watch it. Okay. Well, that's the episode, I guess. Any closing statements? Any closing, uh, closing statement? Mm. Peace and harmony. Peace and harmony. Stay hydrated. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys later.